Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is cues of the Force, qualms of the Force, things the Force isn't sure about. No, it's questions of the Force. I'm Joseph Scripshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. I've got answers. I've got answers for your qualms. I've got amendments to your <laughs> quandaries. I've got them all here. Happy. Uh, qualms and answers. That. <laughs> Star Wars working through things show. Anyway, we're excited to take your questions as always. We also want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by who? What? 
Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend the next book up on our reading slate, and that is Path of Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland, a great High Republic adventure. If you want to download your free audiobook today, you can do that by going to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audiobook. You get a free audiobook, and it helps us a lot. Uh, we also have our second A. The first A is answers. Uh, the second A <laughs> is ask. Uh, we have an exciting new ask, Ken. We do always make sure you, you you cover your second A here. Here we go. Uh, as you know, no secret, we've been having a lot of fun expanding uh, our reach over on YouTube. We've been asking about the 7,000 subscriber goal. You can still help us reach that one, but we won't focus on this one. We launched a new series called Figure Fights. It is currently a bi-weekly series. Uh, that could change down the line, but you might be the ones to help us change that. We are trying to get up to uh, 1,500 views. That's a small number, right? You think of the grand schemes of YouTube? Yes, it is. But it's hard to get that. It's hard to break the algorithms. If you've ever started a channel on your own and started from scratch, it's hard. Now imagine Force Center that's been at a YouTube channel for years, but we're just putting our uh, energy into it. It is hard to get the word out there. And we really want your help because uh, getting the show Figure Fight something that we absolutely love here. It, it is uh, everything we love doing. It is celebrating Star Wars. It's going deep into the into the silly things and finding uh, all the th- all the stuff from Buff Luke. I mean, it's all there. <laughs> uh, it, we want to take this show to to uh, uh, not just you, but to other people who haven't heard us yet, or maybe uh, it's been a few years since they checked in. So help us take our first step into the larger algorithms by watching the channel. Uh, giving it a like, watching the Figure Fights episode, I should say specifically. And if you're willing, and we do mean if you're willing, we wouldn't mind you sharing uh, the video on your social media platform. You might say, hey, but I only have a small number of followers. That doesn't matter. If five of those followers go over to Figure Fights, we help move towards our goal. Do I sound like a salesman? I am. I'm trying to sell you on the wonderful <laughs> show that is Figure Fights. So, that is uh, where, what our ask is. And we'll let you know that our next episode is Thursday, February 16th. And, oh, I'm not going to spoil it, but we got some fun, wild figures. It only gets wackier from here on out, but it <laughs> very much has some classic Star Wars figures and characters involved. So there you go. That's our ask. It really gets more and more bonkers as the weeks go on. That is a great reading of our Ask Ken. Uh, Help us take our first step into the larger algorithm indeed. But now we're going to step into our cues. We have two from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we go first to Twitter. And we have a question from Wolf Elvavold. Wolf Elvavold. That is one of those words that uh, are names that it's really fun to slow down before you (laughs) attempt to say correctly. Wolf Elvavold. I hope that is correct. Here's what Wolf has to say. Dear Force Center, thanks for all that you do. Now I need some counseling after an episode four rewatch. Knowing now Obi-Wan and Leia's short-lived but quite profound relationship, why is Leia's message to General Kenobi so impersonal? as if they have no history. 
Uh, I think this is a question that uh, lots of people have asked, Wolf. Uh, it's fun for us to dive in. So, Ken, where do you go on this one? Did did you did that question rise to your mind when you were watching the Kenobi show? And if so, how did your mind answer your mind's question? <laughs> a lot of lot of minds answer minds here. Yeah, it it, it did. And Wolf Elves of old, you're not alone. You're not alone. A lot of people have this, right? This was uh, sometimes brought up. Sometimes it's just a question, which I think this one is a fair, good faith question. Other times I think it was used as a dart to throw against the Kenobi board to say, ah, look at this. They, they messed up canon. I heard that a lot. And you can approach the question however you want. I love this version here. I start here, Joseph, and I don't mean this in a snarky way. I don't mean this uh, any kind of negative way towards our wonderful listener asking this question. I do start with, George didn't know, right? Meaning, <laughs> you watch that scene, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, they're playing it a certain way. And I think that certain way is this history and this event wasn't yet dreamed up of. Dreamed up, dreamed of. And I, I, I think that's a fair place to start because I, I don't want it to seem like you're crazy by looking at the scene and going, wait a minute, wait a minute. But they didn't know each other or there was something going on. I think it's fair to start there and then just say, hey, but now we know, now we know more of the story and then we can build back to this just like the storytellers do. The storytellers, uh, number one, they're mostly fans too. And they've probably had this question about the history of these two characters their whole lives. Mm -hmm. uh, Deborah Chow, Joby Harold, whoever's involved in the show, Hugh McGregor, they, they might've had this question and now they get a chance to answer it. And I think um, you and I have talked about a lot. It's been one of my favorite things to, to talk about over the years of just watch Sir Alec Guinness and, a look off to the off camera to the distance. And he's telling a story right there that Star Wars can then pull out of, you know, oh, look at the, pull this string, this Kenobi history is because Alec Guinness looked weirdly or said this line. And I think you can go back to this and new hope and, and really build from there. And, and, and I go to the Kenobi series and Obi-Wan just straight up saying, Hey, we can't tell anyone we know each other. Like that'd be bad for us. <laughs> that Leia, little Leia is smart enough to go. I got you. Like I got, <laughs> and that it's a, a little secret she keeps in in, in a spiritual locker in her a locket uh, in her heart there about uh, and a locker she's got locked away two places. Um, I, I think it's important. I think it, to, that his trust in this character and her sense of the big picture is there, and she gets it, and that she would keep that secret. Then, even though this is a message for him, and you might say, "Well, why won't she say, hey, Ben, please, I need your help again.'" It, it comes out as more official because uh, to me, I asked the question of who is watching. She, she doesn't necessarily want to assume that R2 is captured, but maybe that's in her mind. She's uh, keeping up this ruse that this is a diplomatic mission. And maybe there's something about the way she needs to deliver this message. I just go to those kind of nuts and bolts. And they're very surface level, I think, for me. But that that this is what she would do in this moment. And I do think there is some motion in the episode, though, or in, in the incident. And Wolf, this isn't to counter anything you're saying. Um it, it's very it, it's sterile. It is impersonal, but except for there's some imploring. Joseph, there's imploring going on. Oh, yeah. And I think I focus on that as well. And then when she hears that he's there and she yells, Ben Kenobi, that's all the personal emotion you need right there. Yeah, no, these are these are a ton of great thoughts. Um, I, I think that uh, to go back to your first thought, I really agree with you that you can choose how you engage, right? You can kind of engage as this is a a history of storytelling and what was known uh, in this moment, in this interaction when it was filmed in the 70s. And the answer is not much compared yeah. to what we know now. But I think what 
Wolf's question is evoking is a way that I look at Star Wars is like, oh, yeah, this is an evolving story. The creators involved are trying to make everything uh, work together. So you can choose to engage with it of like, what what is the reality in the story? What do I want it to be? Um, how do I fill in this headcanon if, if you feel like maybe these, maybe there's a little bit of a tension between uh, two points of story. Uh, maybe that's, you know, uh, a, an exercise for you to go, well, how could it make sense to me? Maybe the tension is a part of what the story is. Uh, I, I feel very powerfully about that. I always have, but the the journey we've been on with the Mandalorian, when the show started and everybody was like, what's this thing with uh, Mandalorians don't take their helmet off. Here are these eight examples. And, and, you know, I had always felt like that's good tension. <laughs> yeah. That, that's tension that we, we, that is meant to raise questions uh, and then eventually get a really satisfying uh, answer. So mm-hmm. I love approaching it as, yep. The answer is George Lucas had no idea there'd be a Kenobi show in 2022. Uh, but I like treating the entire text as if this is all quote unquote true, how, how do these moments marry together? Um, Mm -hmm. So, so I love approaching it that way, which is the way Wolf is uh, approaching this question. And I agree with a lot of your thoughts. I think that um, first and foremost for me, I think that moment in the final episode of the Kenobi show where Obi-Wan tells Leia that, you know, basically this is wonderful. We've formed this bond. You help me. Here's some information about your uh, parents, but we can't, I'll, I'll always be here if you need me, but we really can't tell anybody. It's dangerous for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand if you just approach that as logically of like, okay, yeah, but she's at this point, she is sending a message <laughs> saying, I'm a part of the Alliance. Uh, you're a Jedi. Here's where you're hiding. Come to Alderaan. I get that what she's doing in this episode isn't, you know, uh, clandestine. You know, it isn't that she's sending him a coded message, right? She's explicitly saying, I'm a part of the Alliance. You're a Jedi. Come do some Jedi stuff, specifically on Alderaan. Um, But I think for me, what's in the spirit, which, which you were talking about, is it's such an intimate moment. This is like a it's almost like a personal swear of like you and I, Leia had from Kenobi's perspective, had this, this connection and it's ours. It doesn't need, and, and your parents, you know, uh, it doesn't need to be about the rest of the galaxy. This is, you know, between us. And he's saying it explicitly, like it's dangerous at this time in the galaxy. But I like that idea that Leia would carry that in her in her heart, uh, in a locker, in a locket. <laughs> uh, yeah, her her a collection of uh, uh, lock picking tools, mm-hmm. wherever she wants to keep it. That it's a like this is a, a private moment, you know that this this uh, connection that I had with this this wonderful uh, person who who came through their own fear to save me was the first person to show me the galaxy was the, was, you know, the way that I saw that the force was true, that the Jedi are real, you know, this, this man, it showed me so many things, but that's my story, my private thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I start, yeah, I start there. It's not that, yeah, she's not trying to be clandestine, but it's, it's not the kind of thing she's going to, 
even if she was entirely safe, like she's not she's not just kind of chatting up nine numb <laughs> about this adventure. Right. This isn't like a story of like hey, a thing that, uh, that happened to her that you joke about. Right. This is a deeply yeah. personal connection that she made with someone at a deeply personal, important part of her life. Um, so I think she it's kind of ingrained in Leia that she doesn't just blab about this. Right. Um, yeah. Then on, on top of it, uh, on top of that, I really think about where was Leia in A New Hope? What was going on? Well, she has been trained her entire life uh, to be formal. And this is a formal request, right? Uh, she is a representative of the Alliance to Restore the Republic of Alderaan of her father. She is delivering this message on his behalf. She is making a formal presentation and requesting something of Kenobi. Um, mm -hmm. So to me, it makes sense that this is kind of what she, she might've given him a hug <laughs> if she got there yeah. on Tatooine, but then she would have made this formal presentation anyway, because that's her role. Um, and then, on top of that, the fact that she maybe planned this, but then had to record it real quick uh, while she listened to rebel troopers dying in the background, you know? <laughs> hey, by the way, I, Lola's still around. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for those gloves. Anyway, like, yeah, uh, I, I think for me, it makes sense that it's formal. And then I, the, the part that is powerful to me is, I do think it's it it's a pitch. <laughs> it's her it's her Kickstarter video yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. that saying, "Please, you're really needed. We really need you to do this." It's not just me asking. It is the Alliance. It is Aldron. It is my father. We are asking you to renew your service, and then it yeah. becomes personal in that last line, the most famous line of that speech, one of the most famous mm -hmm. lines from Star Wars of. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. She is asking on behalf of her father. She's asking on behalf of the rebellion. And then in that last line, it becomes personal. And that resonates so deeply with the Kenobi show for me of you were there for me this other time before anybody else was. I need that again. You promised you would come if we ever needed help. And I'm telling you, now's the time, old man. <laughs> I, I also think there's something to the, the way in which she's delivering the message, the way she's saying it, the tone, the tenor, however you want to look at it, that is befitting her station and befitting mm -hmm. her situation. She's a, an official. She isn't that little girl anymore. And there's uh, a calmness that should be applauded uh, amongst, you know, the, the horror around her, which you're talking about. She could be facing the last minutes of her life as far as she knows. And it is also something, it's not that Kenobi wouldn't be respectful and wouldn't be like, Hey, it's Leia. Uh, but I think it's just like, Hey, this is very serious and we need you. And the last line is a little bit of the little bit of pulling back the curtain, a little bit of being like, Hey, you're my only help, but I'm still who I am. You know, I, 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 I am a Senator. I am in the government. I, I am Bales and Brea's daughter. I, I, I am in a serious position and this is a serious request. Yeah. She is delivering her father's message. And then at the end, it, it isn't help, help my father, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're his only help, hope. You know, it's not help the reliance. You're our only hope. It's help me. You're my only hope. It is personal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, we always talk about the various looks that uh, Alec Guinness gives, just being a, a great actor, giving giving weight to the moment. Man, the I've always liked the Luke's kind of babbling on about like, hey, yeah, I think there's some, I, I appear to have found it. Mm. But then the, the reaction shot of Obi-Wan is, mm-hmm. it, it, it's so powerful and it's been filled in by things like the Kenobi show. And for me, it was filled in, you know, when we discovered they were siblings and he's like, Oh man, I thought Luke was just like having another dumb adventure, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, but he's with, he's with the damn droids. <laughs> and now he's, he's got himself uh, wrapped up in the rebellion and his sister is there. And for me, it's the call. I've been wondering if it'll ever come. Mm. Will she ever come? call again and need my help and what will I do uh there's so much weight for him on so many levels and it's all there in Alec Guinness's face yeah that one like kind of sideways side-eye glance where he's just like are you getting this kid because your life's about to change yeah like you have no idea uh, how how big this is for you yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and I totally agree with you the um for me the the you, uh, help me Obi one can Obi your own my only hope deeply personal deeply reaching toward that connection that very, to me, private, meaningful connection they had. But then the, just the thrill of Ben Kenobi. That's like, yeah, 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 my old buddy who bought me the gloves and told me not to smell anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I that The series has made that moment now even more powerful for me, right? To yeah. connect all that, to fill in the blank right there when she jumps off that uh, that prison bench. Yeah, yeah, just great stuff. Uh, in, in my opinion, I think it's a really legitimate uh, question, but uh, I think it, it really works for me. Yeah, no, and I, and and I, I'm okay with the discourse around it. It, it is absolutely fair, and it, and it can get in folks' heads. And and um, uh, there's a cynical way to look at it. And again, I don't even think Wolf uh, Elvavold mm-hmm. question is cynical at all. I think it's a, a very good faith question, and and this kind of stuff was going to continue to pop up as Star Wars continues to tell more stories. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me that that's that's the main answer at the end of it, the day of uh, of talking about it for a while is ultimately I don't think her message is impersonal. I think she is doing what she was trained to do. I think she is making an official request, and she makes it very personal right at the end, in my opinion. Yeah, and one more final thought for me is is you know this stuff is they're aware of it when they're putting stuff together. You look at rogue one and the fact that they made sure not to have wedge until he's anywhere near that death star. Right. Um, only the voice on the Masasi temple base. Like they, they, those they're aware of that. And, and that includes, I love your example of the Mandalorian. I was just rewatching that series, getting ready for season three. And it's like, gosh, the, the amount of think pieces off. Why is his helmet on and others are off? It, it, it is just a matter of patience and exploring the tension that you're talking about. Yeah, explore the tension. There's our new bumper sticker for <laughs> for Center. See how many times we can work that into this episode. Uh, we got a, a a next question, Ken, that's got some great tension in it. Uh, this comes to us from PLD. Uh, PLD says, Ocean's Eleven Star Wars style. You have to create a five-person team to knock off Canto Bite's biggest casino. Who are you using? Force users excluded. Uh, mine, mm-hmm. says PLD, Hondo Onaka. Talon card, R2, Han Solo, and Fennec Shand. This is very fun. Uh, Ken, I know you are a, you're a fan of the uh, the modern Ocean's Eleven, right? The modern yes. Ocean's Eleven that came out like 20 years ago, right? <laughs> years ago, uh, yeah. 
yeah big i'm a big fan of the original film it it's almost the mystique around the film more than the film itself the film Uh itself has some great moments but has got some slower moments too but the mystique around it amazing and i do like the uh the reboot as well Mm. god yeah you're you're killing my soul here it is 20 years over 20 years now so that's like that's like uh you know looking back at you know Kramer versus Kramer in 2000 considering <laughs> wow. wow all right I'll wrap my head around that question yeah but, yeah so I just want to be use that word modern with some responsibility <laughs> uh, so you're a fan of this this yeah. the the concept though I mean that's yeah. uh, somebody brought it to Sinatra and he's like yes I need that that concept of uh, of knocking over the casinos uh, yeah. in Vegas uh, and Canto Bite has obviously got some Monte Carlo, but uh, some Vegas stuff as well going on. So uh, do you like this concept in general? And then I want to hear your team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would love to see something like this in Star Wars. We, we've we've gotten our, our heists in Star Wars indeed, but just a straight up uh, homage to this kind of storytelling. Uh, the, 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 uh, the gangsters, the group, the, 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 the ne'er-do-wells, uh, the anti-heroes coming together to do this kind of thing. Uh, it would be very fun in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, we've got, we definitely have had heists, a lot of heists, yeah. Yeah. Uh, though, in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, frankly, uh, some of the characters uh, end up going, ah, and start blasting things. Uh, sorry, uh, looking at you, Han, looking at you, Wrecker, uh, Hondo, mm, Hondo often uh, ends up just smashing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah you know okay so uh can we uh, first of all i love pld denuso shout out to, to you and maddie gunner and holy snokes their show um yeah i wanted to i i don't want to tear apart his team but uh, i love han solo i'm with you joseph <laughs> i wonder uh, how he would he'd be a little bit of to, to make a reference to uh the 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 quote-unquote modern oceans 11 the a little bit of the matt damon character character who's a little bit at any point he could mess up right can, are you, can you pull this off it's like the young younger han like all right i know maybe you got some skills but can we trust you to go in as a undercover as a gaming casino agent you know like yep. he's got that vibe yep that's the thing for me is like uh i think it comes down to what kind of heist movie do you want do you want it where like the first chunk of it is slick you got star wars jazz music you got fun wipes as uh is everybody's uh charming and conniving and then the second half it just goes to bleep <laughs> yeah. and it's uh blasters out and running because i think that's what you get with han solo myself han solo hondo is gonna he's gonna blab to the wrong person or you're gonna have someone who recognizes them the person who the two people that get this uh this uh, this done on on pld's team is r2 and fennec shan and, and I like Talon Card's a great pick pickup from the, there, the Empire trilogy, and and beyond. Uh, but Fennec is the one who's going to roll her eyes, being like, "Fine, I'll do it, and I'll save the day." While R two's like, "I already did it. <laughs> I quietly did it while you were bickering." Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, uh, yeah, I, I'm from an entertainment standpoint. I absolutely love PLD's uh, picks from yes. a pulling it off perspective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hondo would spend half the time trying to rob everybody else, right? Uh, yes. uh, figuring out how he could double, triple, quadruple cross people and walk away with everything himself. And then uh, here's a plan to how to get out of it, you know? Yeah, this heist is no longer profitable. Yep. Uh, Fennec, I trust to do it uh, pretty much by herself. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah, right. absolutely. After what she did to the pike at the end of Book of Boba Fett. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you know what? I'll go first, and, okay. and then we can. Yours can be the big finish. Um, Love it. I tried to go with a team that I think actually would, for the most part, uh, attempt to stick to the plan and not halfway through get frustrated and go ah and start shooting people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are, there's, there's at least one wild card on my team. Uh, I had written this before, uh, the news broke about her appearing in a new novel, but, uh, for the leader of the team, I picked Kira. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really looking at this. If you need a mixture of people on Canto Bite who are willing to take risks, uh, good planners, uh, but can also maybe blend in a little bit and, uh, Kira, with her understanding of uh, the sleek, uh, fashionable surface of the crime world can blend in great uh, as well as uh, plan well. And she wants everything to work out and is great with a blaster if it and Tereskase if it doesn't. So Kira's my leader. Mm-hmm. And then this is now going into uh, my love of the original Ocean's Eleven and, and where it all came from and the fact that the famous concerts of the Rat Pack grew out of the fact that they were all in Vegas uh, filming this stuff. Um, you need some entertainers. Uh, so the second person on my crew is uh, Lulilo Primak, that weirdo, the upside down crooning frog in a tank. Because yeah, <laughs> he is somebody that you could get on your side, has relationships. He's played Canto Bite. He's had mm-hmm. residencies there, right? Mm-hmm. And Nobody expects this of him. Like what? He's a he's an old uh, entertainer, an old star. Uh, he doesn't need this, right? So nobody expects him to be trying to rip off the casinos. Mm-hmm. So he's a little bit of my uh, my front frog. <laughs> <laughs> we all need a front frog. Uh, and then you, you do need somebody with the uh, the absolute technical ability, the tech mm-hmm. aspect of this, and then somebody who will uh, also, for the most part, stick to the plan or at least try to remain covert when the plan falls apart. Uh, and I went with my favorite clone right now, Tech. Uh, I feel like Tech can do a bunch of stuff. He's going to have, he's going to research the living hell out of this. He's going to know every system uh, of, of the vaults. He's going to know every second. He's going to know how all of the power works over the entire planet of Cantonica. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to know uh, at what hour this big spender normally throws a fit in this casino and offers a good distraction <laughs> right he's gonna have a ton of information so uh so i've got a, a a front person i've got a planner i've got a tech expert now i need some muscle all right um mm-hmm. who can still for the most part fit in uh so my my first m- bit of muscle is uh zori bliss uh, I think I think uh, Zori can can move in uh, the criminal world, but I think she can also probably be uh, elegant enough to to uh, disguise herself a bit in Canto Bite, uh, but is a, a, a great physical fighter. Uh, and then my final pick, Ken, is the absolute wild card who might mess everything up. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel even with Tech's presence, you still need an actual droid. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh man, I don't have, I only have one spot left and I need more muscle and I need a droid. Like, <laughs> what droids are both muscle and tech? And uh, I went with Chopper. Ooh, that's great. Yeah. Cause part of it is, you know, who's going to be motivated, right? Like, 
maybe this is maybe you're robbing Canto Bite to get money for the Rebel Alliance. Great, R two's all in. Uh, but if it's really just, <laughs> I want more in my own personal bank account. Choppers in. Mm. Mm. I love this list. Oh, thank you, this. thank you. Uh, I'm curious to see what, if any, overlap we have and how you approached it. So what is your list? Well, I love your list because I pretty much almost have the same list. Um, <laughs> I think it's a case of both you and I just knowing each other so well in Star Wars, loving so many uh, of the same things in Star Wars, but also loving uh, everything around Ocean's Eleven, either version, or just uh, the history of the Rat Pack in Vegas or the Stoderberg stuff. Uh, and, and it comes up a lot. So uh, I'll start with the overlap. And yes, we both you and I recorded this before the news at the beginning of the week of uh, the Kira novel um, that's going to be written by E.K. Johnston, or actually was, but will be released. And Kira's on my team. And you're saying the leader. You know what? I can't disagree with that. I, I picked her a little bit later in my own personal draft over a cup of coffee this morning. But it for all the things you're saying, first of all, she is the mastermind. She would be the one who puts it together. She'd probably have, hey, the information, we got to go do this. And then, yeah, if you need her to put on some, you know, a ball gown and go to the, the floor and look like she's part of uh, the customer base at Cantabite, she's got you covered there. If you need uh, someone to fight in the hallways, and, you know, Tiris Cassie, someone uh, into a world of paint, she's got you covered there. She's unflappable. Uh, that I just think of her uh, and Amelia Clark tossing the grenades and going, come on, let's go. <laughs> when mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to get out of there. <laughs> I think of that, Kira. And, and this is why you and I just absolutely love the character and the potential of the character. And while there should be more stories with her. So I went there. And then, yeah, I, I knew, I, I, I was like, I mean, come on. I should almost, you know, give this uh, one to Joseph here on this little draft here. But I, you got to have tech. He, yeah. The character of, of, of Living Sindel in the Soderbergh ones. I mean, it's it, that's a little bit more of an anxious version of tech, but it's tech, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's, it's it's exactly that. And and even the tech probably having some annoyances or, you know, you know, of course I put the camera there. What else would you think I would do? Like he just <laughs> he's exactly what you need for this. And he's gonna be back in the space bus, space van waiting and, and breaking in and hacking cameras. So you need them there. So those are my two overlaps. Um then I went, I I almost I was gonna joke, I almost just picked the cast of solo. I almost was like, mm. that's the team. Even with Han messing things up there. <laughs> because of that, I, th- this is a group that I did think initially of maybe they'd be the ones kind of leading this. But I, I, it's just hard not to put Kira in that role. But I think maybe this is if these two characters were like, hey, we got this thing. Who do we know? Who have we met in this fantasy Star Wars booking where everyone's alive and well? What, what can we do? Mm-hmm. I, I I got Tobias Beckett and Val. Ooh, nice. And a little bit of the information, a little bit of, you know, again, they've, they've proven the, I mean, Tobias Beckett was given orders as a captain, like, and no one was barking or no one was questioning his bark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I can talk about un, unflappable uh, Val. So in our world, in our scenario, perhaps uh, she, uh, she had uh, survives that bridge explosion here and we, and we got something going on. And yes, I know there's a little problem with Beckett at the end of the story too, but maybe he had a, a Bible in front of the blaster shot for Han. <laughs> but I just love them together. I want more storytelling with them too. I think you a- absolutely can go back in time and tell even 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 with uh, uh, Thandaway Newton and and, and and Tobias Beckett himself there, uh, Woody Harrelson. Uh, cast them in a, a, a series or a, a, a month before the event. So I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go back to their youth where they first met. I'm just, there's so much to them. 
and so much I think that uh, people want to know more about, and we'd love to spend some more time with Val. So they're on my team. They're kind of running it. And Tobias a little muscle. Maybe he'd know. He'd be, he'd be a little like the Clooney character who, oh, you need two goons. I, I got the, I got some guys. They're there. They're, they're freelancers. They'll meet up there. They'll pretend to beat me up and da, 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 or something like that. You know, that that's them. And then, mm-hmm. so the fifth and final one, I yeah, it seemed to I seemed to think a, a droid, right? And I was like, do you, Chopper's a great choice. You know, do you go like an IG eleven to get a little mm. uh, muscle? Uh, uh, what do you get? Q nine zero, right from um, from uh, Mando as well. Yeah, uh, could be someone you need. You need maybe a flyer. And then I just go complete the ops opposite direction. Complete opposite direction. Someone who is going to get you through it as a droid, have some skills, have some knowledge, but be almost the Marcus Brody from Indiana Jones of the group in Last Crusade, <laughs> where his confusion saves the day. And that is AP5. Ooh, that's a great pick. <laughs> Dumping AP, AP5, Stephen Stanton singing in the stars. Let's do this. And just him wander around. And they almost as if they know he's going to not necessarily mess up, but it's it's like a controlled version of Hondo. At some point, AP5 is going to say something that might tip something off, but we're going to use that to our advantage. Almost like he's a distraction, but we're going to make sure he's safe and sound. Uh, and 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 AP5 is going to go that way. Plus, he's got a lot of skills. He's a protocol droid. He knows his way around. He's probably got some codes you need, and maybe he understands tech in a way, in a way the others don't. So that's my team. Oh, that's a that's a great pick, and I, uh, you know what you also need for this uh, besides a successful heist is just comedy and AP five in tech uh, fighting with one another mm-hmm. over the percentage chance that different parts of the plan work. Yes, <laughs> and yes. Kira having to tell them to shut up over the comms repeatedly. <laughs> Gold. What I love about both of our teams is you know Han heard about it and was like, "I want in," and Kira's like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> yep. Absolutely not. Yep. Uh, yeah, I definitely would have put uh, Fennec Shand on, but I didn't want to reuse any of uh, PLDs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, Cinta, uh, I don't know if Cinta from Andor would oh. be down for this, but she'd be great on the team. Yep, yep, Cinta. Yeah, a lot of yeah, so they're trying to look at some of the undercover folks as well. And and Nemec has a little bit of the of of what we're looking for in the Livingston the tech vibe of just someone who's mm-hmm. like, I've got it all planned. Please don't touch my models. Please don't touch them. <laughs> Please don't touch my models. Yeah. I, I painstakingly recreated Canto Bite. Please don't yeah. touch them. Yeah. Well, there, there we go. That we we're pitching our new Star Wars film, Cures Five. Uh <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> I mean, Is yeah, it- I, I so I was thinking Sinjur Rath Vallis would be another mm. character. Got that mm-hmm. smoking cool vibe. He could pull something off. There's 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 so many ways to go to this. I just love the, the, the relationship between Kira and Han on this one is similar to at the end of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, the 80, uh, 88 version with Frank Oz directing, Michael Caine, Glenn Eddy, and uh, uh, Steve Martin. When she shows back up and, and there's a big reversal and she like for the next mission shuts him up, doesn't allow him to speak because Steve Martin's character, she, you're not going to be able to pull this off. We just need you here. <laughs> so that's, that's Han and Kira this time. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea if Han was involved at all, it's like, you, you're the driver, that's it. Don't leave the Falcon. <laughs> but then they get into trouble and Han's got to come running out with his mm-hmm. wild schemes. Yeah. yeah. This is a very, very fun question. Uh, we love going going deep and we love just having a ton of fun is celebrating the characters and all the different genres that Star Wars can be. So thank you so much for that great question, PLD. We are going to be back in just a moment for more cues of the Force. Hold up. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back to take more questions. These come to us from patrons on Patreon. This one is from Justin Jacobson. Justin says, Bright Suns, Canon Joseph. You often describe databank dive uh, as covering Star Wars nouns. What about verbs and adjectives? Hmm. My favorite Star Wars verb is scob, is in scob the empire. And for adjectives, I like criffing, is in get a load of this criffing slimo. 
<laughs> what about you? Don't let the scobbers get you down. And thanks for all you do. Thank you, Justin. Uh, yeah, if uh, people haven't checked out Databank Dive, uh, it is a show where we talk about something from the Databank uh, Wikipedia. It is a character, a vehicle, a weapon. Uh, so that's where, where uh, Justin's coming from. We describe it as we, if it's a noun in Star Wars, we'll talk about it. Uh, everything from blue milk to Minox, uh, anything. But that does bring up letting down other other different kinds of words, Ken. So mm-hmm. where do you go with this, with verbs, adjectives, uh, non-nouns of all kinds? Yeah, and even, even twisting some nouns around, I think, too. Uh, um, first of all, scob is, is high on my list to the point where, Justin, after reading your question, I almost couldn't think of anything else <laughs> beyond scob. I almost was like, well, I, I just think that has to be my answer. But then I forced myself to look. So I'll start here. This is uh, my off uh, little off-kilter answer. Uh, this is Han Solo providing, I guess you would say, nouns. This is what I am, right? This is what I what I what I could do. But to me, he uses them. He uses kind of verbs. He uses some action words to describe who he is. And I love, I love, I'm a driver, a flyer. I just, <laughs> I love that quote, and I love it's just all of it. It's like I'm not just a thing. I do the thing, uh, and I've just I start there. I just love that moment with Han. Yeah. Speaking. Oh, that's that's great. Yes, yes, he is. He is trying to give himself meaning. Is uh, yeah, he's he's using those nouns as uh, as adjectives that describe himself. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, that yeah. is great. Uh, and I love that Justin is pointing out some of the sort of um, uh, the the breadth uh, of Star Wars swear words <laughs> that are right. internal right. to the galaxy, and uh, it sounds like um some kind of uh uh, uh naughty words, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I got a couple of those uh, okay. that I like, uh, but for verbs, I I really thought about it, and I think perhaps my favorite Star Wars verb is uh, is punch, <laughs> as in punch it. Um, yeah, you know that there's just something about that that captures the spirit uh, of uh, Star Wars. The I would say like the. Um, the Han Solo side of it, uh, often the fun side of it, often the sort of like, I only half know what I'm doing. The Indiana Jones, I don't know, I'm making this up as I go along, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also in a desperate situation. So just, we don't have any more time for odds or calculations, just punch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the positive version of do it, of, uh, of Palpatine's evil do it, uh, you know, and obviously many great specific punch it moments um mm-hmm. i've just been thinking about it a lot uh I, I mentioned this before of getting to um pilot the falcon for the smugglers run ride and getting to be in the seat that uh pulls down the hyperdrive levers and mm-hmm. the the gift of doing that with strangers who are totally into it who are yelling yeah, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to feel like not at all shy by going like, by actually yelling out, I'm punching it, uh, is great. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I really love that you put that one there because I just wrote down, make the jump to light speed because the jump is this wonderful Star <laughs> Wars thing that's, again, a verb. It describes what you're going to do. It's also, uh, you know, to me, kind of a noun in a weird way, just jumbling all the grammar up here. But it's just such a Star Wars thing. And that it comes out of that. And I thought about that, too. And yeah, yeah that wonderful experience but uh, of being at uh, the Galaxy's Head ride. But yeah, just make the jump. Like, everyone knows what the jump is, but it's just so Star Wars. 
Yeah, no, I, that that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now you now you're just making me think of uh, what are great lines with the that that <laughs> verb. I will make it legal. One of the best <laughs> Palpatine lines. Uh, so, what uh, are some others uh, for you? I put a couple more uh, down here, and uh, that is let's see. Oh, uh, scruffy looking. Mm. It's, it's a good adjective for me. Good scruffy looking nerf herder. That one's uh, you know that stayed with me for a while. Uh, and then uh, my final one, um, uh, to adjective describing uh, a feeling, uh, describing something you, you just did as uh, that's so wizard. Wizard. Mm. Going with wizard. Standing yeah. by. Yeah, that's an absolutely great, uh, great choice. Um, I think uh, one that gets used a lot in Star Wars uh, is slimy. And it gets used in lots of... <laughs> Lots of ways, yeah. right? Uh, what's slimy? Uh, Yoda's home. Uh, Han Solo. <laughs> Job of the Hut. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of things get described as slimy. Uh, Lando's, you, know, you slimy, double cross, and no good swim there. Uh, uh, great stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just uh, uh, for a little bit more of the the exclamations, right? Uh, uh, I I really do like Carabast. Uh, I like Dank Ferrick. Mm-hmm. That's great. I like. Uh, I like saying blast in particular in the original trilogy, Luke saying blast. Yeah. There's something about blast that feels like it's the swear word. That's okay to say that like <laughs> Luke right. used a naughtier swear word. And, and then uh brew is maybe like, maybe not. <laughs> maybe so not. blast feels like, you know, the galactic version of darn it. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said, gosh, darn it. The whole life. Yeah. Well, still does. <laughs> Ding dang it. Yeah. Uh, but carabast. Uh, that's, I, I really like Carabast. Yeah. I've, I have a, I've said this before in the show, like I have a weird relationship from the Star Wars swear words. Of course I love Ichuta. I don't love mm. Dank Farrick as much as other people do, but Carabast when used right and sparingly is one of my favorites. So good. good yeah. Choice. No. Yeah. I really, I really like Dank Farrick. I just felt like they maybe just went a little on all in on it. It yes. felt like, it felt like the characters in Mandalorian just learned it. Like, hey, everybody, <laughs> new swear just dropped. <laughs> and they Where can't stop they using it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did. Yeah. And again, I like it. Shows, but yeah, I think um, this this came up with, with, with Andor and the, the S word heard around the galaxy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was very happy with that choice because if he had said, you know, thank Frank at that moment, I it just would have pulled me out a little bit. But that's just yeah. me. Absolutely. Any other uh, non-noun words, any verbs, adjectives, adverbs that you wanted to highlight, uh, exclamations (laughs) of swearing? No, but I just, I noticed that a lot of them are centered around Han Solo, which says something about Han. (laughs) He's just somebody who needs to be described and somebody who always wants to verb. Han Solo doesn't want to sit around a noun. He wants to get out there and verb. He wants to verb, man. (laughs) I'm a verber. (laughs) I'm a flyer. I'm a driver. I'm a verber. Uh, great stuff. Thank you, Justin. We're going to move on to our final question from Brian Babcock. Brian says, uh, hello there, Joseph and Ken. I don't have a Star Wars question as much as a Force Center question. Uh, as I sit here watching one of my favorite non-Star Wars films, John Carpenter's The Thing, which I consider a near-perfect film, I started thinking about how there are countless theories, debates, and interpretations on how the events of the film play out. I couldn't help but think, man, I wish Joseph and Ken would do a deep dive on this movie. I'd love to hear their take. At the risk of overstepping, I was curious if you were considered doing an occasional segment, perhaps a YouTube exclusive, where you pick a classic non-Star Wars movie, sci-fi or otherwise, to do a deep dive on. 
I've been listening to your other podcasts, uh, Obsessed and Casterly Talk, where you discuss non-Star Wars stuff, and I really enjoy both, but I like me Joseph and Ken banter. Uh, I absolutely am not trying to suggest how you run your channel. I hope it doesn't come off that way. I love all the content you bring to the table, but uh, as it is, uh, as a Star Wars fan, uh, as a Force Center fan, I keep wanting more. I totally understand if that isn't feasible or what you want for your channel. I know you have big plans for YouTube and you do need some free time outside of podcasting. Eh. Uh, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for reading. And as always, may the Force be with you. Thank you for this great question. And the, and the first thing is, no, not not overstepping at all. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for checking out not only Force Center, but the other things we do. Um, I think it, it, we're we're aware that for people to want to listen to Force Center, it means you're a fan of Star Wars, but it also means it's a fan of, you know, the, the way that we talk about things. Uh, so it's a it's a real compliment and not an overstep to say, hey, it'd be great to hear you talk about other things as well. So thank you very much for that is uh, where I want to start. Uh, Ken, uh, we'll, we'll get into actually answering the question about uh, other stuff we, we might talk about. But in general, um, how do you how do you feel about that when you're watching something else uh, that isn't Star Wars and you get that call to be like, oh, man, I wish we were <laughs> doing a podcast about this one tomorrow. What mm. kind of stuff does that happen for? And, and why do you think you're pulled to want to talk about some things and maybe not others as much? Yeah, no, this is a comp one. First of all, Brian, wonderful question. We appreciate it. Appreciate your support. And, and the fact that you want to hear uh, my thoughts or Joseph's thoughts on anything else makes me happy. <laughs> like that just makes me happy. Um, I'll start here. I, I think the way, uh, you know, working so closely with you over, over the years and, and you have a very uh, particular set of skills when it comes to uh, extrapolating themes from life and movies. <laughs> and I'm often in awe, but also happy to, to uh, you know, sharpen my uh, knives in that uh, in that kitchen too and try to, look at things a little differently. And when you start to do that, um, I, I really think it's, it's not a matter of pulling stuff out that isn't there or, or just stuff that you connect with. It's pulling the meaning out of the art and, and, and really analyzing. And, and I think you find yourself, there's just a little bit extra reward for th the things you love. And so anything that I love that I currently am going into, you know, I'd, I, I, I do kind of start to look at it on a deeper meaning, the, the, the themes, the thematic, stuff at play in every every bit of content is there i keep going to art art has uh community art is communication art is saying something art art is this perspective and experience but it's it's, it's got to be about something and and it doesn't mean i don't enjoy a really bad joke every now and then like a dad joke or something or i hate puns but you know or that i can't just watch an absolutely silly show because i have that side side of me too that's just a wild kind of crazy randomness of say a kids in the hall sketch or, or a Monty Python sketch. But that said, some of the kids in the hall sketches are some of those deepest pieces of art and in, in, in comedy in the last 25, 30 plus years. I just love what they did, especially the original show. And I love the reboot. So it's like that kind of stuff matters to me. And so when I watch stuff, yeah, I do want to whatever, cause I don't watch as much stuff as I used to, right. I don't go to the theater a lot. I think, I think you watch more stuff than I do. And so when I, watch poker face which i'm absolutely enjoying i'd love to sit there and discuss it on what is it's entertaining it's a murder mystery but what is actually being said in this episode what is it commenting on what is it drawing from and then you just you go back to it and you revisit these things and you get more out of it and it's so simple at times and that's and that's the other thing too i i, I just don't think um to, to some of my critics and i have them some of them friends of mine uh, uh, you guys over there unfortunately you just you just add what you think's there it's not actually there. You're just making it up. 
I don't think so. I think it's real simple. <laughs> I think it's what's there and how you, and then how you react to it again and, and realizing, Ooh, this particular episode or thing isn't actually for me. It's for another person. What are they getting out of it? And what can I get out of what it's saying to those people? That's there as well too. Um, you know, the, the, the breakdown of Han Solo getting his name Solo is an example I go to of, it is a moment you could hate. It is a moment you can call complete Ichuta, which has been said to me on a show before, <laughs> or, uh, you can find out what is there with the indifference of the empire, their impression, their, their oppression being so destructive that they don't even care about it. And someone else getting their thesis statement for the next 40 years of their life. It's such a rich moment. If you're just there for that. And you're looking at it. And you're looking at how it's played. So I, I'm going all over with this uh, question. This is actually a great question. It gets me excited. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what I want to sometimes go in and discuss more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, relating to what you're saying. And I think there's a couple different ways to sort of look at, you know, breaking down thematic ideas or, you know, what, what, uh, great. Here are the events of the plot, but how does it make you feel? What does it mean? Is it commenting on the real world or the human condition in any way? All those kind of things. Um, I, I agree with uh, Sabine's quote to Ezra in Rebels uh, about some of the uh, the artwork on the uh, the Temple on Lothal. It, it's art, Ezra. Everything has meaning. Um, and I think uh, I think maybe where some of the disconnect is is that there are to me there are artists who are very knowledgeable about the way they construct meaning within stories. There's characters. There's character arcs, there's plot, but all of that is centered on a specific idea to work through a thought. Uh, it's obvious just from the way Ryan Johnson talks about his work. He, he is aware of what every beat means, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then there are artists who create, uh, you know, sometimes even more intuitively, like, like mm -hmm. David Lynch is haunted by something and he wants to work through it. So he does, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I think there's even just people who are like, great, I'm going to, I'm going to write a story. And, mm -hmm they don't see and i've experienced this as a writer you don't know until you're done of like oh wait i mm. was just trying to write a comedy uh but in this hour-long play every character is their issue is that they don't feel validated in their ego i didn't set out to go i'm gonna write a piece about ego <laughs> sometimes yeah. it just happens so i think even writers who aren't you know is, is sort of sharp and clear as for example a ryan johnson uh even somebody who's just like yeah i'm, I'm writing for money i'm gonna pump something out these ideas will emerge because yeah. we're humans in 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 you know ideas are gonna find their way out of ourselves into the thing being created so that's part of what makes me really interested is what what ideas are being wrestled with in a story mm -hmm. do they come to a conclusion and and are they didactic like Star Wars that say like, well, here's a, here's the a movie about anger. So here's maybe how we should think about it as humans. Are they instructive yeah. or is it just like, hey, death's real hard to process. Here are 18 ideas mulling over it. But the movie's not telling you like we've solved mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> humans attitude toward death. Right. Um, all those different things, both intentional and accidental. Uh, those are the things that make me really respond uh, to a film. So I get excited about not only discussing the ideas, but, you know, discussing the art as a, as a launching point for talking about ourselves in our lives. I find it interesting to, to sense like, is this made by somebody who is really, really wants you to be 
crystal clear on this theme or did this just spill out of a person because that's what was going on in their life and they didn't even realize it when they were making it you know all yeah. that stuff is interesting to me I, I want to jump in on that there and, and this is a here it is this is a, a four center pop culture center discussion on the stuff uh and and apologize if i mentioned over the years you know i've told some stories a few times because we've brought the broadcasting for nine years but <laughs> a, it, it, it leads to the importance of 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 it's hey, it's not just jokes. It's not just hey, I'm just making a fun and all the kind of stuff. Why I fight against that even in stand up comedy. And again, not that I don't have some silly, almost pointless jokes, but they come from something. And when you start cluing into that stuff, you could you learn a lot and learn about how you view the world and how you view yourself. I experienced this myself and in, and in, in, in now whew, a long time ago. Talk about Ocean's Love. And about twenty years ago, when I was finishing up my training at the Groundlings and and the final level, we put on sketch shows and everything. And, and I was just trying to be funny. It's just trying to be, you know, Will Forte and, and Will Will Ferrell. And I was just wanted to get on Saturday Night Live. And I was just writing these sketches. And we had a halfway through the 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 class six week period meeting with our director and our, my director, Kara Mariama, was like, "I just want to. Are you okay?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Every sketch has this about yourself in it. Every sketch you're writing is someone who is." Um, not getting where they want to be, who hates themselves, who is down on themselves and they never win and they never experience a win and they never experience joy. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just writing sketches. And she's like, you're yes, but you're not. And she then, you know, for the next six weeks, it was like, I want you to write sketches in, where, in which you win, not in a competition sense, but just life. It doesn't beat you down. <laughs> like I want, I want to write where your self-esteem is, uh, is, is present in a sketch versus some of the ones you're writing. And and that stuff is there as an artist and it's, and it's in the art. So even when I hear a comic, what, what, I'm just doing jokes. I'm just, I'm just asking the questions. No, man, you're coming from a point of view that is fact that is about you, that affects you and affects the world around you. And you take that from a sketch stage and you take it into a space movie or an adventure movie or a spy mm -hmm. movie. And it's there and it's important and not, it doesn't always work and not every movie is an Oscar winner. I totally get that. But that's why uh, I'm engaged more than I used to be two, three years ago. Even when we started Force Center a long time ago, I'd come from that world of give your reaction, give your prediction. That's it. What's going to happen next? And and thumbs up, thumbs down, and you're done. And I think that's such a it's a it's a profitable way of looking at things. <laughs> Force Center reacts just sitting there staring at trailers could probably make a lot more money than Force Center ponders. But <laughs> I'd much rather ponder because I think it has uh, more importance and relevance relevance to the world around us. Yeah. And, and I, I love engaging with media at lots of levels. And there, there's sometimes mm -hmm. I just like, I just want to sit down and the, the absolute direct goal of this movie is, Hey, it's a rom-com. It's meant to be, you know, uh, funny and make you, make you feel, uh, good about the possibility of romance. Great. That's absolutely mm -hmm. it's, you know, and there's sometimes that I, I just want to sit down and engage with that. And obviously with Star Wars too, I'm like, yeah, I want to know who's going to show up, which fight was, you know, the coolest. That's why we take time to make sure to talk about like, here's our favorite action moments. Here's our favorite comedy mm -hmm. moments. Cause there's, there's joy in it at all levels. Yeah. But what, what bothers me is when like, that's all we ever talk about, like, like you're talking about and mm -hmm. not like, what is this, what is this movie saying? You know, um, and there's some where it's like, yeah, the, the, maybe, maybe you see it once or twice and, and dive in, but there are some films and I think these are sometimes the ones that I'm, that I really find myself wanting to talk about is I feel like the, the film is crystal clear. It, it lays out, it, it'll give you a thesis mm -hmm. statement early on of like, this is what it's about. 
this is the question it's raising. And because there's lots of other great, exciting things about it, I feel like a lot of times people will kind of skip over uh, a movie that's playing really fair and going, this is what it's about. This is the question that's being raised that gets answered by the end of the film. Um, and I think sometimes when I see films like that, I'm like, it's more like I'm getting excited about it because I thought I think it's really well made and it has this really interesting point and I'd like to discuss that point more and hear other people's thoughts. That that's I think that's the the movies that really mm. uh, make me go like, ooh, uh, I wish we were sitting down to do you know an episode about that film. Yeah, mm. yeah, love that. Yeah. So I mean, some specific ones for me like the I've talked Marvel on my obsessed podcast with uh, my wife uh, Sarah. It was very nice of our of our friend Alden and your your uh, partner on Casterly Talk, Alden Diaz, to have me on to talk about Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, which I really understand people having uh, different opinions about. It's it's a, a tonally uh, weird film. It does go all, all over the map, but at the same time, it plays really fair. It's about all sorts of great ideas, but one of them is just about viewing gods as parents and what happens when your your parents, the gods, abandon you. And it's a one-way street between you and your, your god, a.k.a your parents like in the film starts that way and to me it's like okay great whatever other wacky uh jokes and fun action scenes and uh marvel canon is in here that's what i heard at the beginning of the film and that's what i'm paying attention to you know mm-hmm. um so it, it things like that get me excited so i was really happy to be able to talk about thor love and thunder don't expect everybody to love it by any means um i saw right. fablemans uh, in december the spielberg film which just blew me away um they're horror films sometimes like classic films that you know, uh, they, they're a, a film of their time, but you can hear them sort of echoing out of we're, we're uh, dealing with the same issues or, you, wow, you can imagine, you know, young George Lucas and Ben Burt being blown away by that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things like Casablanca, you know, that obscure film Casablanca. Um, <laughs> Art house film, yeah. Yeah, all sorts of David Lynch stuff, Twin Peaks stuff. Uh, the other one I wanted to throw out there is the film uh, The Batman. Mm. which I wrestle with how to talk about it because I don't ever want to spoil. The movie presents itself as a thing to raise the question of whether it should be that thing. Mm. (laughs) And I've seen a ton of people go, I don't want to see that thing. It's that. And I just want to go like, no, the movie's wondering if it should be that thing. Yeah. So if you have three hours and you like Batman, give it a try, you know? Mm. Uh yeah, so those are those are some of the specific examples of things that jump to mind. Are there any specific things for you that you get excited about talking about? Yeah, well, one day, you know, you had said something one time. Uh, we we both uh, share a love of you love James Bond overall. Where I have not taken a, a deep dive, I didn't grow mm. with with Bond as much as as others did. You include, but I, I'm such a fan of the Daniel Craig era. That's when mm. I kind of I just was around for some of the Pierce Brosnan stuff because I owned a Nintendo 64. So of course I'm <laughs> that, and I think Goldeneye is a fun film. Uh, but the Daniel Craig stuff just hit me at the right time. And and some of it was, uh, oh, this is a little bit more, it's a dark and gritty bond. I, I didn't know what I was meaning, but it just, it's got to me in that level. But I, I, I we, we were discussing uh, briefly on this show, like Quantum of Solace, the follow-up, it, it's it's much maligned. And I just don't think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's maybe some things about it that are a little bit different. And there's some choices, some editing. I've seen some of those critiques. And sure, get it. Totally, totally. Uh, I, I But I don't get lost in that stuff. I get lost in what the movie makes me. Uh, feel and, and and it was that was a movie that also I had I had seen I had the poster in my office in my security office <laughs> I was so ready for that movie 
and it comes out and I liked it. And then you get out of the theater and, and, you know, people are like, oh, that wasn't good. And you just go, oh, I guess it wasn't good. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of this pop culture discussion, especially now with the podcast around every corner and the YouTube reaction around every corner. Oh, I guess that wasn't good. That's not what I thought, but I just, all right, I'll just sit. And then I revisit. I was like, no, no, I, I really like this movie. And you had said like, ah, oh, love that movie. James Bond tries to throw everything away that matters to him in the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> he literally physically does. Literally physically does. And I remember you said that I just was so, you know, and that's also, you know, I'm not just here to. Uh, pay tribute to you, sir. But that's one of your skills. Often, I have people tell me like, oh, Joseph says something about a theme. And I go, well, yeah, of course. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's my point. It's not, <laughs> and, and you're very insightful, but it's like, yeah, that's when you engage with it, this stuff is there. And that that hearing that, that description of some of the, the key moments of Quantum of Solace and what that movie is saying, it just it just makes the movie that much more better to me when you're, when you're seeing that stuff. It's not imagined. It's there. You're just looking past it, literally. And, uh, you know, you, you uh, your, your thoughts on Finn and Rise of Skywalker, and, and he's connecting. He's a connecting force, literally in the center of most shots. Mm-hmm. Literally in the center. I'm having fun breaking down The Mandalorian right now for some other project. Season one, the amount, the amount of... Mando is rebuilding something from scratch moments <laughs> that are in season <laughs> one that once what was is now destroyed and must be rebuilt. It just shows up again and again and again. So that kind of stuff. But anyways, the bond stuff, um, uh, I would even love uh, to sit down and, and I, I joke, but I love the young guns movies. I love mm. them. I love them. And are they perfect? Or are they, are they of a time? You better believe they're of a time. Uh, and I don't even say, say it in a problematic way, but just the way the story's told, it's, it's rock and roll Western. I get all that stuff, but I, there's some valuable lessons there, um, especially about masculinity and toxic masculinity or brotherhoods and emotions and what you do to those who, who, who you love and, and some social commentary as well as about those in power. So, man, I'd love to look at those ones as well. And then uh, there's a big one. There's a big one out there, a man with a hat. And a thirst for treasures to put them in. <laughs> That's one I think you and I would uh, love to sit down and discuss. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with you on both of those. I think I saw Young Guns at like a sleepover. I don't think I've ever seen Young Guns too, and I have certainly not watched them as an adult. So that would be absolutely fascinating. Wow, to watch and yeah, for sure, huge, huge. Uh, uh, yes, I want to discuss Bond. The Bond films are endlessly fascinating i think the uh i think the daniel craig films are um they are really written in this uh way of being we are very aware that we are building meaning you know it, it, it the other a lot of the other films are they're about something they're definitely on a on a theme um but a lot of them are like hey they're adventures then let's let's have an adventure and here's the ingredients and things emerge but the daniel craig films are so constructed with that with that knowledge and you know uh, i like all of them i i my one of my most controversial pop culture opinions is that i like specter more than skyfall and i can hear a thousand people gasping in shock uh, and i i would never expect to change anybody's mind but it's because of the ideas and in mm-hmm. the way that they are deployed and the way that the events of the plot support the thematic ideas mm-hmm. in both of them like i respond to uh, in in very specific and powerful ways, and the entire Bond franchise is just fascinating because it sort of cherry picks ideas from the Fleming novels, which are very dated, and then the kind of weird cherry pick details take on their own weird life because cinematic Bond is 
you know, far more well known. And then eventually becomes kind of this question of like, why does James Bond do that? Why does he care about that? And like, because it's like a, you know, a tail that evolutionarily fell off of the character mm. <laughs> or just wandered around with his tail. You know, there's lots of, lots of fascinating stuff to discuss. But, mm. uh, there, there we go. There's a discussion of things that we would like to discuss someday. Uh, but to get to the actual question of of Brian is uh, this is something that that we have wrestled with over the years. Mm. If the interest is there, I know we talk a lot about time. That is that really is a, a huge huge factor because we obviously put so much into Force Center. We want to be doing other things, so there is an, an awareness of time. All of that said, the direct answer to this question is uh is going to be a plug <laughs> uh we've uh, been enjoying doing our um, monthly live streamed q a's on youtube we have one coming up on friday uh, february 24th at 3 p.m sp- uh, pacific uh mm-hmm. for the first half hour jennifer is going to be able to join us so we're going to have uh some just great fun standard four center q a with an emphasis on on getting jennifer's answers on uh fun questions and then uh, after that, we're going to have an announcement uh, about some future plans uh, that relate to Brian's question. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and look, and to even answer more directly in terms of business size, you got to be careful sometimes, you know, do you, when's the right time to expand your brand or your show? And there's a lot of folks that uh, come here for Star Wars and not everyone follows me into some of my podcasts or obsessed. And, hey, it'd be great if you did, but we realize that's not how it works. And there's always that fine line of, great, they love Force Center. Well, now we're going to do Cheers Center and we're going to rewatch <laughs> every Cheers episode. And that gets no views or something like that. You got to, you got to be careful about that. And that's, always been part of it too as well as our other life schedules and and work and all that good stuff but yeah there you go february 24th live stream with some answers yeah thank you very much uh for the question brian Uh, we really appreciate it uh the answer was a plug so we wanted to take some time to talk about uh the why (laughs) behind the answer so thanks for taking the time with that uh, so we have our power of the light side segment uh, where we put a post up on Patreon, uh, open to all our patrons, uh, asking them to share a positive thing in their relationship with Star Wars. Could be a specific movie, a character, a toy, a moment, whatever. Uh, we currently do not have any new ones. So uh, I'll try to re-update that post. Uh, but if you're looking and you want to share one, uh, I believe I posted it on October 13th, 2022, scrolling down. So if you'd like to submit, uh, feel free to do so. And if some more come in, we will continue to share. But for now, that's it for this episode of Cues of the Force. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Hive Social at Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram and YouTube, as you may have heard of heard us mention. Podcasts available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly and submit your Power of the Light site at patreon.com slash Force Center. Follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com. If you want to follow me to other things like The Blathering, Pop Rock and Radio, Casterly Talk, Twitch streams, it's all there on my website. Joseph, where can they find and follow you? 
Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Just search for at Joseph Scrimshaw. And in particular, find me on YouTube if you are checking out uh, our new show, Four Center's new show, Figure Fights, and you're already on YouTube, uh, you can give my new short film a look. It is called Unboxing the Cosmos. It's got some dark comedy, but it's also got some existential dread. It is inspired by the cosmic horror of writers like H.P. Lovecraft. So just know that going in, if you decide to give it a view. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Kira's Five, this has been Hughes of the Force. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.